Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Gerald Bourget and Espo. And gentlemen, our second show of the day, are you excited? Are you feeling nervous? Like, how are you feeling now that you've had time to sit with all this news? I'm waiting for the one at 11.30 that we're going to do that's going to be a real banger. (laughs) That's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I feel like the anticipation is building a little bit, but it's also kind of worrisome seeing a lot of these other names that are going off the board in the meantime while we wait for a Suns update of some sort. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Gerald, I agree with you. I am semi-concerned in that in that way it's like a game of musical chairs and you're hoping you're the one left sitting at the spot that gets kd otherwise you may be left holding the bag in, in a lot of ways so all right so let's do a quick recap just in case uh we have people who are tuning into this show who may have missed our show earlier on today and maybe just have been living under a rock or really busy with family or work or whatever. And they haven't been able to hear all of the news of the day. So essentially where we are at is earlier today, Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. He said his preferred destination is the Phoenix Suns. Then we also heard that the Phoenix Suns are essentially putting a pause on everything else that they were working on behind the scenes and going all in I'm seeing if they can make this trade happen and bring Kevin Durant to Phoenix. So that's just the basics, okay? Then there's some more particular elements here. Miami was also in the running at one point in time, but Miami cannot trade Bam Adebayo to the Nets. And then I know that a lot of rumors have been stating, we've had people in the comments being like, other podcasts are saying that Devin has to be involved and the Nets only want Devin. Devin cannot be traded to the Brooklyn Nets right now for the same reason as Bam Adebayo, but then also because his extension that he just, uh, that was reported that he just came through. So we can talk about that if you want. Yeah, super max, well-deserved by Devin Booker. I believe it's 214 million is what he's getting. This this dude, uh, you went from 13th pick, couldn't get off the bench with, uh, uh, with Jeff Hornacek as the head coach to well on his way to earning half a billion dollars in his NBA career just from basketball. Pretty impressive. And, oh, by the way, also a little nugget dropped by Shams at, at the same time uh, about that Supermax. Devin Booker going to be on the cover of NBA 2K23 as well. So the uh, the hits just keep on coming for Devin Booker. Uh, Supermax, he may have courted Kevin Durant to Phoenix and on the cover of a video game. So why not? Yeah, pretty, pretty nice week he's got going for him. Um, And, you know, we've talked about the various legal or not legal, but CBA reasons why he would not be involved in a trade with Kevin Durant. But it's also just the fact that if Kevin Durant wants to come to Phoenix, you better believe Devin Booker has a big part, has to do a lot with that. So uh, it wouldn't make sense to trade him in this deal for Kevin Durant. This is the Nets posturing. This is them trying to drive up the asking price um, you know, basically starting with Devin Booker and working your way down, it's bartering 101. So it's going to be interesting to see what they want because we've been seeing these reports that they're not interested 
in DeAndre Ayton, which would be, you know, in most situations, the central piece that's going out in a deal like this. Um, but there are other ways that they can get around that. And we'll go into detail with a couple of specific deals. Um, but it is interesting that they don't want DeAndre Ayton. And we've been talking about this, but if the Nets don't want him on a max and all these other max suitors are drying up, like, does anyone want DeAndre Ayton on a max at this point? Atlanta wants him on not a max. We know that. <laughs> I'm sure the Suns would be okay with hanging on to him for at least a little while on also not a max. They probably would be, but that would be uh, that would be a very rough turn of events for DA after you know this whole ordeal that we've been through through the last year of wanting a five year max last year not getting it um, you know the way that the season ended and then now when you're heading into free agency and there are a couple of teams that you feel like could maybe throw you the max there's all these rumors that the Suns aren't going to match a restricted free agency offer sheet for him. And then all of them just kind of dry up. And now it's uh, it's got to be a little eye-opening for him as far as his value around the league. But I'm, I'm very curious if the Nets don't want DA, how they're going to kind of get around that in a potential sign-and-trade or just straight-up trade situation. All right, so I'm not going to lie to you guys. I feel like I'm a mess right now. I feel like my Wi-Fi is cutting in and out. <laughs> We've got comments. Uh, my niece just showed up at my house as a big surprise, so... Apologies in advance for all of that, but we do have a super chat. But the problem is, is I don't know what this word is. Are you guys able to see it? Do you know what this is? I don't see a word. Okay, do you okay. see it now? Basketball Cthulhu howls, howls as the snake enters the basketball god's garden. Tremble, basketball gods. The sun rises once more. The book of the serpent opens. Hashtag Sarver out. What we'll is keep- that? I don't know, but we'll take the 10 bucks. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Gerald? What is what? Cthulhu? Yeah. He's like a like a demon type, like godlike creature. What do, why okay. do I feel like we've had this conversation? <laughs> I think before. we have before. I'm pretty positive. <laughs> I just don't remember. That's my bad. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so I apologize once again. I'm off track now. Um, but <laughs> Why don't we why don't we take a look at there was one thing that impacts the Suns before we get into the Kevin Durant and and DA talk and all the trade uh, scenarios that we're going to get into. uh, I want to take a look at at this move. We have a tweet about it. Uh, JaVale McGee is no longer a Phoenix Sun as he reached a an agreement with uh, the Dallas Mavericks for three years. $20.1 $20.1 million. And there's a player op, not a team option, a player option for that third year. So JaVale McGee decides, you know what? Losing in the playoffs sucks. So I'm going to go join the team that beat me for the second straight year. If I'm not, or no, he wasn't on. Was he on Denver when they, when the Suns beat him? Yeah. So the second straight now. year that, uh, that JaVale McGee said, if you can't beat him, Join him. This time he got a lot of money to do it, though. I can't hold it against him, uh, to be honest. So, But that means the Suns right now are in a very precarious position because if DeAndre Ayton is traded or signs an offer sheet somewhere and you're not prepared to match it, you now have absolutely no one at center in a market that's drying up very quickly. One of their targets, Mo Bamba, already re-signed 
with with the Orlando Magic, and and then you're starting to go, okay, how do we make how do we how do we fill this if if God forbid the KD thing falls through, how do we start patching holes? You know, honestly, I feel like that's kind of the scariest part of this whole thing. Like, I really want. I'm glad the Suns are trying to get Kevin Durant and land a superstar and bring him to Phoenix. However, because we are so focused on that and because we can't make any side moves until that one is done because you need every single asset available to you in order to get a deal like that done, I'm concerned that by the time we have a solution to the situation, if Kevin Durant is not a Phoenix Sun, what are we going to do? Because all because even if we had talked about previously – you know, we're going to run it back. If we run it back, we'll make some adjustments on the margins. We'll, you know, mess with some guys on the fringes, whatever. All those guys that we've talked about and Gerald has dove into and thrown names out are pretty much off the board now. Yeah. If you, I mean, not that my opinion or some, or the guys that I threw out there are like, you know, the guys that they had to have are the only options, but you look at how many of them are gone and it's kind of concerning because I tried to be as thorough enlisting as many options likely or unlikely as they may be and a lot of them are gone like Tyus Jones two years 30 million with the Grizzlies Patty Mills going back to the Nets for two years DeLon Wright two years with the Wizards PJ Tucker 76ers Gary Harris Magic Kyle Anderson great deal for the Timberwolves there Daniel Howe 76ers Amir Coffey going back to the Clippers Lonnie Walker going to the Lakers and then the bigs like Isaiah Hartenstein he's going to the Knicks he was one of my top guys and he went off the board in the first like minute of free agency. Chris Boucher, the Raptors gave him a big deal. Bobby Portis got a big deal to go back to the Bucks. And then Mo Bamba, as Espo mentioned, like that's more than half of the guys that I spent the last few weeks laying out. So at this point, like obviously, yes, Kevin Durant is the top priority. If you have a chance to get Kevin Durant, it'd be stupid not to pursue that in the name of you know getting a mid-level guy. But the risk that you run at this point is if you miss out on Kevin Durant, a lot of these good role players that you would have been able to get on the MLE are now gone. And so you have to kind of pick up the scraps. And we, I've said this before, like if the Suns just run it back, that's not a bad off season. This is the core of a 64 win team, but losing JaVale McGee hurts, not for the playoffs because he becomes kind of unplayable at that point, but you need a guy like that to get through the 82 game slog of the regular season. You need depth at every position. And JaVale was super productive in his backup role for this team during the regular season. You need a guy like that. He's a veteran. He's well-liked. Um, you know, he held that charity softball event here knowing that he could very well be gone. That's just the type of guy he is. He cares about the community and, and guys can sense that type of leadership. So you are going to miss a guy like that. And it now becomes much more important to take care of business with Bismack Biombo and probably bring him back because if you don't have JaVale and your situation with DA is a little bit uncertain, you don't know whether you're going to get a starting caliber center back for him in a sign and trade, or if another team makes him an offer, like you're suddenly looking at a real lack of center depth. Yeah, and people are bringing up Frank Kaminsky and Let's earlier go. this morning before <laughs> all of, uh, all of this stuff uh, that happened with KD Gamble reported Kaminsky's out. He's not coming back. So my heart is already crushed, but that's a name. Wait, I don't, wait, wait, but, wait. I missed that. What did he say? That Frank Kaminsky, the Suns aren't interested in bringing 
Frank Kaminsky back. Now that can change real quick when this. I'm this like situation, beggars can't be choosers but... at a certain point in time, right? Like <laughs> if there are no other centers left, at least you know what you're getting with Frank. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are bringing up uh, Dario Saric. I don't know that you can play him as your starting center for major minutes coming off the injuries he's no. come off of. He's a guy that you'll have uh, as a bench guy, a, a, you know, change of pace center or or backup four. But I don't. He can't play major minutes coming off that injury. You don't even know how he's going to be. You got to give him time to to work into shape. So I'm not I'm not holding my breath on on Dario Saric being the answer either. No, he's he's best as a star as a bench uh, center. Like he was really good in that backup five role uh, before he got hurt. And like you said, he's going to have to work his way back from injury and prove that he can, you know, survive that regular season slog. Um, I did like the comment that we got bring Bismack Biombo back on a three year multi hospital deal. Um, I'd be totally fine. <laughs> build as many hospitals as we possibly can for business. Give him that mid-level so he can build the nice ones, though, not just there the veteran minimum hospitals. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I support that. All right, gentlemen. So earlier today, we went through a few trade scenarios that could potentially bring Kevin Durant to Phoenix. Now, these were scenarios that uh, Gerald double-checked the math on before we did the show earlier, but he spent even more time doing more math to bring you some new updated ones. So kudos to you, Gerald. Thank you for taking all of the uh, the burden of the mathematics off of Espo and I's shoulders today. We genuinely appreciate it. And you got three of them here for us. So which one would you like to discuss first? Yeah, let's start off with the, um, let's do the one with Mikhail, Cam, Jay, and Landry, and a bunch of picks if we can get that one up there. Okay, yeah, so Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson, and first-round picks alternating years 2023 through 2029. So that's four first-rounders, and you're giving up both of your wings. You're giving up Cam and Kale, but you are at least keeping DA. Now, this is an idea that kind of gets you around the problem of DeAndre Ayton sign-and-trade mechanics, which can be tricky to figure out the math. That also gets you around the report that the Nets aren't interested in DA. So if they're not, and you still need to figure out a deal with the Nets, and you can't find a third team to kind of loop in, this is probably about as good as you're going to get. This isn't my favorite trade because you are losing a ton of depth on the wing. Um, You know, that's, that's, that's two starting wings and two bench wings, one of whom could be a starter. Like that is a lot to give up on top of the four first round picks. But if you are able to salvage that relationship with DA, bring him back and get Kevin Durant, you now have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton in your starting five. You can figure out a way to find wing depth with uh, your mid-level exception, your biannual exception. You won't be the deepest team, but we saw what being the deepest team in the league got the Suns last year. Their depth completely shriveled up on them and they lost in the second round. You need six to seven super reliable guys in a playoff rotation. They could probably still get to six if they have those four as their best four. So that's one potential option. Do do you think, because a team that's supposedly all in on trying to make this happen is Boston, is that deal better than a Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, bunch of picks kind of deal in your mind? I mean, I still don't believe that the Nets want to trade – KD 
within the East like that. But mm. but when you look at it, trying to compare what deals might be on the table, do you think that one stacks up to what Boston can offer? I, it depends. Jalen Brown is probably the best player that you mentioned there out of all of those guys. Um, Mikhail Bridges is close, I think, but I think Jalen's a more consistent offensive weapon. Um, Mikhail's a better defender. That one's tough, though, because it, it really just comes down to preference because some GMs will would love to have a guy like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. They would see him as the, the best player involved outside of KD, obviously, in that kind of deal. Um, but with the Suns one, you know, are, are the Celtics going to offer up four first round picks on top of, you know, not just Mikhail, but also Cam and then also veteran wings like Landry Shamit and Jay Crowder. Like, I don't know. Um, so that's a tough one. It's really going to come down to preference and, and some of these trade offers because, you know, we could have, you know, obviously we cover the Suns, so we're going to value Suns players a little bit more than outside teams. It really just depends on what the Nets are trying to do with this rebuild on the fly. Okay, yeah. I have two. Go ahead, Espo. I was just going to say, I don't think the Celtics can uh, offer as many picks either because I think they have a couple uh, outstanding ones they still owe out there. So the Suns probably could outdo them in that, uh, in that area. All right, I have two questions for you. One, math-wise, like financially, mm-hmm. can the Suns make that move and keep DA where would they have to kind of like come to an agreement with him on as far as contracts? Yeah. So basically the Suns would be sending out about 46.6 million and they'd be taking on about 43 million with KD's deal. So they'd actually be shedding a little bit of salary. um, And you can go over the cap to re-sign your free agent that would push them into the luxury tax, assuming that they're giving him a deal, you know, around the 30 million mark. Um, it, it, they're already pretty close as it is. So they would be, I think they're about 21 under the luxury tax right now. This trade would put them about 24 under the luxury tax. So I'm assuming DA would get 25 mil or more per year with the Suns. So they'd, be, they'd definitely be in luxury tax territory, but they can make that happen. And then follow-up is, do you think if they made this move, do you think DeAndre Ayton would be happy enough to want to stick around for maybe a little less money than he truly wanted, knowing that that just bumped their odds to potentially win a championship. And do you think that if there is truth to the rumors we've heard over the last month or so about just the frustration between front office, coaches, DA, whomever, that that could get squashed? I I think winning heals all wounds, and I think – Kevin Durant really helps with winning. So I think if Kevin Durant was coming here, DA might have a little bit of a change of heart as far as, okay, yeah, we can definitely make this work here. I don't know if he would take less money because he has very little incentive to do so. Um, Like they could still use their mid-level as a non-tax paying team before they re-sign him so that they could use the full like 10.4 million instead of the 6.4 million. Um, so all he'd really be doing if he sacrificed money is helping with luxury tax bills, which again, after he didn't get the max last year, he kind of has no incentive to do that. But what his whole thing was supposedly he wanted to be more of an option. If you mm-hmm. get KD, you're now pushed down to four. I mean, th- there's no yeah. doubt in it. There's no argument anymore about who's three. It's 
Katie and Book on the same level, CP3, and then DeAndre Ayton would be would be fourth. Like so, he's actually offensively take, having to take a step back again uh, in this scenario, which makes me wonder: Is he willing to do that? Does he want to? Or or even in this in that situation, would you have to find some kind of sign and trade deal? with DA that could help you fill up multiple spots. And in the, at that point, you don't need star value back. You just need valuable pieces around your stars at that point in a DA trade. It's, and it's entirely possible that's the case because we've talked a lot about his role, what he envisions it being here in Phoenix and how that's probably a source of friction between him and son's management. But I do think that, man, if he goes down as the guy who wanted to leave the Suns because he wanted to be a bigger option just because Kevin Durant came to town, I don't know if that's good for his perception. And you look around the league, it's not like he has a ton of other options right now anyway. So I I don't know. I I feel like that would definitely help mend bridges a little bit. You would hope at least, right? You would definitely hope if you're giving up all three of your best wings in a deal like this, you would need DA to be on board and to fix that relationship for sure. Right. Because in this situation, if DA is not on board and they move DA, like you just said, it doesn't have to be for a superstar, but some solid pieces. Now we have literally blown up that core in its entirety. Like it is Devin is the only (laughs) remaining guy. So you gotta, you gotta make sure it's one, it's worth it. And two, like, if it is worth it, which I think a lot of people would agree that it is, mm-hmm. it still would be very sad yeah. um, at the same. It would be like we're stoked on one side of the coin and then on the other side, we're like, we got to pour some out for our homies because <laughs> that sucks. Eh. <laughs> Espo it's does business. not care. <laughs> I really don't. Like, if you're getting Kevin Durant, like, thank you for your service. Enjoy Brooklyn is what I'm saying to every single one of those guys. Like, I, I don't. I don't care if you're bringing in a top five, top 10 guy in the league and your goal is a championship. Well, there you go. You're, you're trying to move closer to your goal. I love McHale. I love what he does. I'm a big fan of cam. We've had him on the show, but in the end, if you're, if that's the main core of what you're trading for Kevin Durant, you got a heck of a deal and that's okay with me. Completely agree. I, I keep seeing a lot of um, they would never trade Cam and McHale or that's too much. Ah, I'm sorry, I guys. Think they like, would. They I think I think would. they would, and I think he should for Kevin Durant. As much as it pains me to say, because I love both of those guys, and you, you know, even the defensive side of the ball, you could talk about that. McHale was defensive player of the year, runner up this year, and Cam can defend a lot of positions as well. But like, it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant gives you a chance to win a ring right off the bat just with the big three that you have and with this trade if you have a big four with da involved man that is really really tough to stack up against and let let's get in the way back machine because i'm the guy that has to do that look at the last big trade for the suns for a star charles barkley you traded three starters from a western conference finals team to get charles barkley right and it paid off. I mean, you didn't win the title, but you had a hell of a run. It was well worth it. I think you'd find very few people that would argue that they shouldn't have traded, uh, you know, Jeff Hornacek and Tim Perry and uh, you know the the crew that they dealt for Charles Barkley, because 
it pays off when you bring in a star like that. Even if it's not a title, it changes perceptions of your organization too. Just think about how much Chris Paul wanting to come to Phoenix changed the perception of this place. We're not talking about KD if Chris Paul didn't do it first. You got to be in the game, right? Exactly. All right, we got a super chat icon. Thank you for your super chat. We appreciate it. They said, tell Saul to update my wife ain't buying it. And he is referring to the profile picture that Saul has in the chat right now because Saul's in the chat. (laughs) And his uh, YouTube profile picture seems like it might have been from a handful of years ago. Let's let's just say it looks like his senior (laughs) photo from high school, all right? (laughs) It was from from the advent of YouTube when you first logged on and – Put a profile pic in. You're looking at that. You're like, yeah, that that ain't Bookman. Is that his son? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which, of course, Saul's like, no chance. I'm never changing it. So <laughs> there you go. But appreciate the super chat nonetheless. All right, Gerald, what's your next trade option here? Yeah, let's go with the one that, and we kind of talked about it a little bit today, but I had to check the math to make sure that it worked. Let's do the one that involves Chris Paul. Now, as a disclaimer for this trade, Oh, I'm sorry, not the three-team one, the other one. There we go. For As a disclaimer, I don't know why the Nets would make this trade, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, DA, and three first-round picks does work financially. I don't like this trade. <laughs> I'm going to be 100% honest. I do not like this trade. I've been pretty vocal and straightforward about how I feel about Chris Paul versus... Kyrie Irving, but it does work mathematically. And a source did tell me that a lot of the reason that Kevin Durant is leaving doesn't necessarily have to do with Kyrie. They have not shut down the idea or they're not turned off by the idea of still playing together. It's just difficult to find a trade partner that's able to put something like $80 million in salary together to bring both of them aboard. So just to, for the possibility, because I know people were talking about this idea, it is possible. I just don't like it at all. <laughs> right. So earlier on in a, the first show we did today, there were rumors basically saying that Kyrie and Katie still wanted to play together, just not in Brooklyn anymore. And mm-hmm. so they were kind of looking for a situation like this one. And then because we didn't have really the time or we, I'm taking credit for Gerald's work because Gerald didn't have the time to go and see if it financially worked or not. We didn't really get to dive into it too much earlier today. So that's where kind of this one came from the backstory, if you will. Yeah. I, I don't understand a couple of people in the chat. Uh, hey dot saying if Chris Paul and bridges go, I'm gone. Chef Dre Boog says, uh, sons don't need KD if they have to trade McHale. I love you guys. I appreciate you being in the chat and being around the show, but I don't understand that thinking at all. Like, I mean, I get the, the Katie Kyrie is a tough pill to swallow just because of uh, what, what we're, what we're hearing from uh, (laughs) what went on with Kyrie. Mm. But still, if that's the price you got to pay to get in the game with Katie, I'm still probably taking it. Now, I don't know that the Nets take that deal, but I'm probably taking it. Right. It, it, for me, there's a lot of obstacles in this kind of deal. The first one, if you're the Nets, why do you want that? Like, I, I get that, you know, maybe they're a team that wants to try and stay competitive. And if you're getting 
that package, like you're, you're going to still be competitive. You're going to have Chris Paul, who is still the point guard and just made all NBA last season. You're going to have Mikhail Bridges, depoy runner up, and you're going to have DA, who's one of the top five to seven centers in the NBA, plus three first round picks. That's a pretty good haul. But at the same time, like Chris Paul doesn't really fit your timeline with Mikhail and DA unless you're trying to contend, which the Nets wouldn't be. I, I just I feel like you would veer towards younger players and first round picks. Chris Paul's not that. And as much as Kyrie and Kevin Durant, you know, based on what I've heard, would not be, you know, turned off by the idea of still playing together, it's not like an adamant thing. Like KD's not forcing his way out to still be with Kyrie somewhere else. Like they're just keeping that possibility open if it can happen. But if you're the Suns, I'd still rather keep Chris Paul, a Monty guy, a guy who helped build your culture, a guy who Devin Booker loves and bring KD separately and not lump the two together. Yeah, because as much as I love KD and I, I fully am aware that he is a superstar player and would be, it would be so great to have him on this squad He's not the type of guy who's like a Chris Paul who will pull you up with him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm not saying that disrespectfully by any means. It's there's just two different types of guys out there. And you could argue whichever one you think Devin Booker is as well. But there are guys who want to like teach you the way and lead you along. And then there are guys who are like, I'm going to go out there and ball and you better keep up, kid. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so it's it would be nice to still have Chris Paul. So you kind of get two sides of that. You get both. The, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lead you along. And then the other side of the encouragement, that's like, this is the big leagues. This is the NBA. Like you either show up and act like you're a part of it or you got to go. The best part I have in Kyrie is uh, Gerald to get to teach him that the, that girth isn't flat. You know? <laughs> go, I don't think I'm ready to go from flat girthers to actual flat earthers. I don't know <laughs> if I'm prepared. <laughs> Um, but one thing I did forget to mention with that potential trade is based on the salaries that are involved here, um, the Nets, because the Nets made some signings that we didn't really mention. Uh, they haven't been made official yet, but Patty Mills is coming back on a two-year $14.5 million contract. Nick, Clack, Nick Claxton coming on a two-year $20 million contract. Those kind of gum up the works on top of the Royce O'Neal trade that we talked about earlier today. So the Nets would technically be just under the tax apron if they did this sign and trade that we talked about before officially signing Mills and Claxton. But the minute they try to sign those guys, they go over the tax apron, which is illegal. So they would have to shed about $16.6 million in salary first. Now they can do that by dumping Joe Harris somewhere or a package of uh, Seth Curry and Royce O'Neal because they didn't sign him. They just traded for him. So they can reroute him somewhere else but they would have to get rid of just under 17 million to be able to make that trade that we were talking about work do you think the Claxton signing just it reinforces that they don't really have interest in da i mean if you sign a guy mm -hmm. 10 million a year you're not doing that for him to be necessarily a really good backup i can't imagine yeah. uh in that in that offense in brooklyn yeah, I, I think $10 million you could probably get away with paying a high-end backup at that position in this league, but I, I think it just goes to reassert that report that they're not interested in DA because if you were in, in, interested in DA, you wouldn't be trading for Royce O'Neal. You wouldn't be signing these guys to these contracts that then you would have to dump salary elsewhere just to make a DA sign-and-trade work because 
if they do sign and trade for DA, they're hard capped at 157 million, which means they cannot go past that point with the trade or any point after the trade in free agency. So they're literally limited to $157 million in spending at that point. I, I Based on what they've done today, this afternoon, they are really backing up this idea that, no, we don't have interest in DA right now. Which leads us to our next trade, a three-team trade that keeps DeAndre away from the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, this one is a monster. So the Suns are getting Kevin Durant and Clint Capella, which is about as good a haul as I can imagine in a three-team scenario here. The Nets are getting John Collins, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and first-rounders from the Suns in 2023, 2027, and 2029. And then the Hawks are getting DA on a sign-and-trade, Jay Crowder, and a first-round pick in 2025. So I'll, I'll kick it to you guys, just initial thoughts on this one, because this was Jailed. a real nightmare. That's you a cracked lot. the code. I think that's, <laughs> that's the deal that gets it done. It keeps the Nets happy. Atlanta gets what they want. The Suns fill their hole at center, and they get Kevin Durant. If Atlanta is down for this, I think you definitely would get the Nets convinced on this, and it works perfectly for the Suns. If that deal happens, James Jones, again, like I said earlier, a wizard if you pull something like that off. Uh, and you know how much I hate Harry Potter and all wizards. So that <laughs> says something for me to call James Jones that. I think that deal is perfection, Gerald. And the chat agrees, Gerald. Everyone's kind of like, okay, this this is legit. I could see this actually maybe happening. So, and then we even got one from Leah said that trade is perfect. Perfect. So kudos That's, to you, Gerald. You could also replace, you could try to get away with this if you can, but Jay Crowder going to Atlanta, try to replace him with either Landry Shamit or Dario Saric um, because their salaries are pretty similar. And I think the math still works in those situations. Um, but I do think a team like the Hawks, that if they're making this move for DA after adding DeJounte Murray to Trey Young, They've still got Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think a guy like Jay Crowder would probably help them more than a Landry Shamit or a Dario Saric. But you never know if throwing in that first-round pick could help. I do think the Hawks are probably the ones that if any of those three teams said no, it would be them because they're giving up Collins and Capella, and they're getting you know D.A. Crowder and a first-rounder. But, man, I, I feel like that's a pretty balanced deal all around. I think it helps the Hawks out a lot, too. I think that gives them a team that can really compete in the East. They're not just backcourt heavy now. You've got a very experienced forward in Jay, uh, you know, and then you look at D.A., if they believe in him, they think he can be that guy. You, you really got something going there. Because if our, if Collins is already asked out. They, they have been shopping him. It's pretty clear that, that that's not going to be – uh, a scenario that works for for those two sides. So he's very much in play here. I I think that is is the most likely thing I've seen from anybody talking about this. Now the question again is it better than a deal uh, that Boston can offer? I think so. I think that one fills a lot of buckets for everybody. Uh, is it better than what the Heat can offer? Well, there's been rumors. Uh, I don't remember which of the reporters said it, but uh, Miami is has made an offer for Donovan Mitchell to Utah. So does that mean they're out on on KD because they're exploring other avenues right now? I think if 
if that phone call can happen between those three teams and they can agree on parameters similar, we may be closer than we think to, to a deal there. Let's go ahead and put that graphic back up on the screen just for a few, like a minute or so, because I know a lot of people want in the chat are wanting to see it again and just kind of read and dissect it uh, for themselves. Do you think this is enough for Brooklyn yes. to part ways with KD? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it keeps the Nets in competition, which seems mm -hmm. like what they want. You're getting two great wings, a good power forward, uh, you've got your center and Nick Claxton. Plus, it gives you the draft capital to build in the future, too. I, I think this would check a lot of boxes for the Nets. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, and I did someone asked in the chat earlier, why are the Hawks getting a first? Well, they are giving up John Collins and Clint Capella. They're getting D.A. back, which I would rather have D.A. than Capella. But if you're giving up Collins, Jay Crowder isn't quite <laughs> an adequate replacement. You would need to throw some type of sweetener into the deal to get them to give up both Collins and Capella. I feel like a first from the Suns in 2025 would probably check that box. Um, but again, if there was a team that's going to say no in this exchange, it's probably Atlanta. Um, but, you know, a first and DA is not nothing for Capella and John Collins. I feel like that's – and Jay Crowder, who is a respected veteran. So Can you throw them some pick swaps too? I mean – if. If you can do as many pick swaps, I mean, throw the Nets some, throw Atlanta some, just say <laughs> draft picks for everybody. Enjoy. I don't care. And James Jones doesn't. So, hey, Saul. Look How's it going? Is everybody? How are we doing today? <laughs> eh. Yeah. All right. This is our second show on vacation. So, <laughs> I know. Like, uh, it's like I told you guys to do two a days or something. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Listen, this is the trade that I love the most. I've been watching you guys for the last uh, 45 minutes, basically. And um, I, I love this trade because it fits so many needs. Um, and I think everybody wins. Maybe not the Nets so much, but definitely the Hawks uh, and definitely us. Uh, you could easily see a scenario where if this trade was executed, the Hawks and the Suns end up playing in the finals, which would be <laughs> awesome. It would be so awesome. That would we, be pretty cool. Are you? How are you enjoying your lap around the country? Your victory lap to go pick up Kevin Durant. It looks pretty scenic. Uh, we, we've we've stopped in Sedona. Nice. Uh, so you made it a whole one and a half hours away. <laughs> I got tired, Lindsay. Okay. We're almost there, you guys. We're almost I got, there. I got tired, and then I thought, oh my god, we still got like forty-eight hours to go. Maybe we should fly. Uh, so uh, that gas so, in a U-Haul is a lot, Saul. Right now, it's, so. dude. I'm telling you what, it's like three hundred dollars a pop. It seems like right now. So I, <laughs> I, I second guessed my decision to drive all the way to the East Coast for a, a, a multi-millionaire on so many levels. Maybe even close to a billionaire. He could probably afford to fly out himself if the Suns didn't front the bill in the first place. This is true. This is very. I want to ask the group mm -hmm. from where we were at noon. When we first heard about this and our show at two, where are you sitting in terms of confidence level that it still winds up being the Phoenix Suns? I know when we first heard it, I think everybody was like, it's a done deal. It's Phoenix just because we had heard the the rumblings. But where are you sitting right now? Is it higher or lower than than earlier in the day? I think it's probably even a little bit higher, to be honest with you, just because you haven't heard much movement and the Suns haven't done anything yet. And so it's either, Hey, this is a calculated risk. Um, and I do believe in what you said, Espo, like I do believe if we don't get Kevin Durant, 
we have uh, definitely misplayed this game of musical chairs, and it might not be for the better. And on top of that, if you do end up bringing DA, you know, obviously he knows that you were trying to shop him to trade him. And same thing with Mikhail, same thing with Cam and all this other stuff. So it might end up hurting you in the long run. But that's the risk that you got to take for a superstar like this. And typically, when you're in this mode, um, you you know you have to go all in. And so that that's that's kind of the, the feeling I have right now. I, I feel pretty good about what's going on. I'd, I'd say I feel probably just about as confident as I did earlier today. I do think the fact that the, what the Nets are doing and this this idea that they are not interested in DA definitely hurts you a little bit. You'd have to get a little bit more creative with what you're going to offer and loop a third team in there. Um, but as we've talked about, there are ways to do it. I, I was going to brainstorm some Raptors ones, but that offer that they gave Chris Boucher, I feel like that kind of killed that potential idea. So you can loop in a third team and there are other options that I'll probably explore later tonight when I have a brain to do math again, <laughs> but um, it is possible. And I, I do feel like if KD wants to come to Phoenix, it's going to happen. The question is just a matter of how it happens. I'm, I, I was, gonna, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lindsay. I said, I'm not going to lie. I am a little bit nervous. I still have faith that a deal can get done, but it does make me nervous that so much has happened because Everything we heard from all the insiders and everybody around the league was that this would likely put a pause or at least lighten the load of moves that were made until a KD move gets done. Mm -hmm. And then 3 o'clock hit Arizona time, 6 p.m. Eastern time, and it was like, bam, 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 bam. All these things came out, and I was like, wait, hold on. Yeah, but a lot of the, but a lot of those teams weren't really in the KD sweepstakes, so they didn't have to pause. You know, right? I mean? But a lot of the players that got picked up were in maybe the realm of the Suns could target them if they couldn't get a deal done and move DA and actually make this team better. I think that's what makes me worried. Not necessarily the KD thing. It's just now I have this lingering. If it doesn't happen, then what's next? Like, what's the backup plan now? I think yeah. that's the concern here. For sure. Yeah, I think for me, I'm slightly less uh, convinced as I was when it first broke uh, because I heard Boston is in on this. And I had mm. said in our 2 p.m. show, the Suns are the front runner. It would take somebody being willing to part with a big name that we don't see coming. I didn't think Boston would would potentially be in on it, but the draft picks make it tough. What has made me feel good, though, is we have not heard one word or one rumbling about any potential uh, offer sheet to DeAndre Ayton, which means wow. he's still in play and there's still a chance that the three-team option worked out, which I think is the best path to getting KD. I just I think that's going to be the easier route than trying to do a, a just a Nets-Suns deal here. I don't think that you got to worry about the Celtics, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, we also have to remember, who is, who is KD's best friend in Brooklyn? It's Kyrie. Why did Kyrie leave Boston? He just didn't like it. He just, at the end of the day, he tried to sell that he was going to stay, but at the end of the day, he took the money and went to, to Brooklyn. Like, I guarantee you, those, those two, first of all, those two definitely talk, and they're still best friends. It's not, that hasn't changed. Um, so I, I just... It, it's it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where KD goes to Boston. I feel like I just really feel like KD, in my humble opinion, uh, and this is totally Nostradamus unlike, 
Um, I just think that he has a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth after the Warriors winning a championship. And I think the best place for him to go and prove the Warriors wrong and to cement his legacy as one of the greats of all time is to come to Phoenix, give him the first championship, and stick it to the Warriors. That's the that's the best case scenario for DeAndre or for Kevin Durant. I agree, but how much power does Kevin Durant really have in this? He has all this the isn't power. Your, this isn't your typical superstar with one year left. I can say I'm not re-signing. Is he willing to tell teams, I will not play for you? If you trade for me, you will not be seeing Kevin Durant in your city. A million I'm percent. fine with that. He, he'll a million percent say that. NBA players have all the leverage, regardless of what the teams think they have. They, they've shown that for the last decade, basically. James Harden, you, you never would have thought that the there would have been a package possible to put a, a, a trade together for, for James Harden and somehow, some way, found himself in, in Brooklyn to play with the Nets. Like, it, players have all the leverage nowadays. And so, yeah, I think Kevin Durant, if he wants to go to Phoenix, he's going to come to Phoenix. But Phoenix sure. has got to be the choice. It can't be this or Miami. Um, and then, you know, I, I think Miami's the one to worry about, obviously, because that's – Obviously, one of the two destinations that he said he wanted to go to. I, I just don't think they have enough. Since they can't trade Bam, there's just not enough. Now, maybe they get in a three-team that makes some sense, but I just – I'm not – I'm not – that one doesn't worry me as much. By the way, we're getting some of the Devin Booker questions again. Legally, yeah. based on the CBA, Devin Booker cannot be traded the Nets for two reasons. He hasn't officially signed a Supermax because he can't yet, but – even if he doesn't, you can't be traded because he's a five-year max uh, rookie contract deal. They already have Ben Simmons, so he, which is a five-year rookie max. You can't trade for two of those guys. And then when he signs a super max, he can't be dealt for a year. So Devin Booker can't happen. I don't care if the Nets beg and plead. It can't happen within the CBA. So um, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you guys go. I, I, I promise I will stop crashing the party until <laughs> – until it actually happens, then you know I'm going to be back. I'm probably going to be drowning in the Grand Canyon somewhere, but uh, I will be back for that. Outside of that, love you guys. Miss you guys. Uh, Alex, go get the barbecue sauce. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to head out now. Uh, we have a couple of chats that I want to mention. So, Icon, thank you for the second super chat tonight. We appreciate you. Said, how scary would our clutch time minutes be with Book, CP3, and KD? I Very. unbelievable. And I had a buddy ask me, would this be the greatest mid-range team of all time? Yes. Because I think they I think they average like 55% or higher between the three of them for mid-range. I mean, it'd be insane. Yeah. Certainly in the modern era. I don't know about the 90s back when the mid-range was thriving, but like even then, I still think they'd probably be the best mid-range team ever. And then we got a chat from Mike B that said, if we don't want DA, why would we want Capella though? Just asking. And now Jared, correct, Gerald, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of in a situation where the Suns still want to move DeAndre and for the behind the scenes reasons that have been rumored over the last month. This is in the event that, well, for one, you got to kind of add him in there in order to make the, the puzzle work, but yeah. also the Suns wanting to get rid of DA. Yeah, I mean, that could be it, or it could just be as simple as, holy shit, we're getting Kevin Durant if we make this deal. So, yeah, DA is on the table, and he's an attractive asset for one of the two other teams involved. I also think, like, there's a difference between 
DeAndre Ayton on a max contract and Clint Capella, who's making like 18 million a year. I think people need to factor that in. It's not just a player for player thing. The Suns don't view DeAndre Ayton on a max contract as something that they're really crazy about that idea. They view the center position as something that their system can feed guys good looks with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and their ball movement as long as that center is willing to set good screens, roll hard, you know, be an alley-oop threat, be a rim roller. And that's what Clint Capella does. He's very good at that. He's a good rim protector. So, yes, he's not as good as DeAndre Ayton, but he'd also be making, you know, 12 to $13 million less in the first season alone. So well, that on top of you get Kevin Durant, that's probably the answer to that question. Well, and if we believe reports, the Suns have a great deal of hubris in believing that they could put two 15-year-olds stacked on top of each other and play them <laughs> at center and still have the same kind of production that they got from DA. So I think they'd be all right with Clint Capella coming in and being happy with his role, pick and roll into the basket and, and getting rebounds. And that's what they'd need out of him. Look, you're you're in part punting on defense if you make this deal, right? You're I mean, if McHale's in it and and all this, and then you're letting DA go, you're saying our defense will likely take a step back, but our offense will be so superior that you will have no ability at stopping us. So it's all right, is what it feels like. Yeah, you would definitely need to target some some wing defenders with your mid-level, with your biannual exception at that point. Because in the deals that we laid out, you are losing Crowder, McHale, Cam, um, and those are all quality defenders on top of DA. So you would definitely need to retool. You'd need to bolster your defense however you could see fit, um, and you would have limited means to do so. But again, a four-man core of those four would be hard to top. All right, guys. Well, anything else that you want to mention before we say goodbye for the second time today? Okay, one last hypothetical. What percent chance do you think that this is done by the time we wake up tomorrow? 50 at most. I was going to say like 20%. I was going to say 25. I'm right there with you, Gerald. <laughs> with our luck, it'll break at like 6 a.m. And that'll be just a billion I just want you to know messages. if it breaks at 6 a.m., I'm not going to be on the, sh- the emergency pod <laughs> right after. It's not happening. Fine. I'm sorry. You can you can come celebrate at two p.m. If, uh, there you go. And we'll do the emergency. <laughs> Gerald, right. apologize to your girlfriend in advance because it'll be a loud morning if that happens. So. <laughs> Y'all are gonna have to call me like the. You know how you have the do not disturb and you have to call like two or three times in a row in order for it to actually start ringing. <laughs> That's what y'all are gonna have to do to get me awake tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. we but it'll be exciting. No It'll be exciting, and hopefully, I mean, I know everyone in the chat is basically on the same page, 69%. Nice, that's the highest one we've gotten. But realistically, everyone is from 1% to 50% at most. Um, But hopefully, something does happen before at least 2 p.m. tomorrow, because we're going to be live again at 2 p.m. tomorrow. Of course, we'll probably go a little bit earlier if something does break. So just keep an eye on our social media accounts. Um, our podcast account on Twitter is at PHNX underscore Suns. Of course, you can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay and Espo at Espo. And we will be sharing the link and everything if something does pop off before 2 p.m. But plan for at least 2 p.m. at, at the very least, okay? And uh, Gerald, did you have any final thoughts? Because I kind of cut you off there. 
No, I have, I have none. <laughs> I, my head is still swimming with numbers and it's going to be all night. So I'm, I'm all out of thoughts at this point. We don't blame you. That's That was a lot of work and we appreciate you very much for that. Thank you guys all for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. Until tomorrow, be excellent. And Espo, go ahead and take us home. I just want you all to know it is very difficult to find an adult size Ewok costume. <laughs> Ahoy hoy. <laughs>